Good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? Awesome, awesome, awesome. It is the first Sunday of a brand new year, and I am so, so honored that I get to be here with each of you and with all of our friends that are watching online. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, and, and I get to be here with all of you and get to do one of my very, very favorite things and that is talk about the Word of God with you guys. This is God's love letter to us, um, as Pastor Jim just was encouraging us about. This is the creator of the universe. He spoke these words into existence, and then people wrote them down and bound them, or they put them in an, in an app here in 2018, and we have them in our hands, in our pockets. We have access to this, and we can interact with it. And uh, how incredible that the God of the universe thought so much of us, that he loved us so much to provide this gift to us. And so we're going to dig into his word in just a moment um, by looking at uh, a really cool passage out of one of the Pauline epistles, one of the letters in the New Testament. It's that sec second section of the Bible and, and where the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. It's 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 15 through 17. So if you want to open your Bible there, or get out your smart device and swipe 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, and we're going to land there in just a minute. So we're kicking off a brand new series this morning called The Power of Routine, and this is going to last for the next four weeks. And we all know that right here at the beginning of the year, everyone is setting New Year's resolutions, or a lot of people are, are setting New Year's resolutions. They want to do some things with their life that are going to change things and make them better. They want to they make some improvements in their life. And so we feel like that there's a lot of things that you can do that are good, that will bring improvements in your life. But there are really kind of four things that we believe as a church that we need to focus on together in order to bring about the goodness of God and, and to, to develop ourselves in accordance with what God wants us to do. And those four things are very simple. It's prayer, um, Bible reading, fasting, and Christ-centered community. And over the next four weeks, we're going to talk to you about each of those things. And today we're talking about Bible reading. But speaking of New Year's resolutions, did you know that over 70% of people who make a New Year's resolution never make it out of the month of January? <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so hopefully we can, we can kind of join together in some of these efforts and endeavors and, and we can beat those odds um, together. So I'm excited about this series and I'm believing that it's going to challenge you, it's going to encourage you, and it's going to do some great things for your life. And, and speaking of great things for your life and, and starting off the new year, I hope that you never start off the new year or really any time like this. There was a time not too long ago um, when, when I woke up in the middle of the night and I needed to potty. And Maybe you've been that way before, you know, you, you wake up and, and you, you don't open your eyes or anything, you know, you're laying there in the dark and the bed is so warm and snugly and comfortable and so you begin to play this game like, how bad do I really need to go to the bathroom? Like, 
can I make it like just a little bit longer? And you kind of you kind of wrestle and maybe you know you toss and turn to try to get in a position where maybe you can ride it out for a little bit longer, but eventually it just gets the better of you. And you have to you have to throw back the covers and get out in that cold air. And but but if you're anything like me and, and that's ever happened to you, I ain't turning no lights on. Okay, like I refuse, like I don't even acknowledge that I'm awake. I don't even open my eyes if that happens because I just like to pretend like I'm still asleep. And so I think that I have it mapped out in my head kind of the way all the furniture in my bedroom is aligned and like how many steps it takes to the end of the bed and then where I need to turn and then how many steps it is to the bathroom door and then on and on. And I just refuse to turn the lights on. But it wasn't too long ago that this happened to me, and I misjudged the number of steps that it took to the end of the bed, and I caught my toe <laughs> on the bedpost. And, like, it, no big deal. It, it wasn't, like, any of the important ones. It was just that one little tiny one, like, right there at the end, you know? So it wasn't like a huge deal. Um, I mean, like, I was like, I, I can live with just four toes on that foot. That's fine. And, and it's in that moment that you find out how you've been living. Because out of the heart, the mouth will speak. And in the middle of the night with a full bladder in the dark on the way to the bathroom, you stub that toe. It might not be, Lord Jesus, thank you, that comes out. Just full disclosure for everyone this morning. But you know what? Sometimes we try to live our lives that way. Sometimes we live our lives in such a way that we're just kind of stumbling around in the dark. We've got our eyes closed. We're, we're reluctant to move forward. And we think we've got it figured out. We, we think we know where we're headed. We think we know the path that we're on. But all too soon and all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a mess. We find ourselves bumping into something. that We find ourselves in the midst of a crisis or a catastrophe because we thought that we had it all figured out. Anybody ever felt like that before? Anybody ever lived their life in such a way that you thought you had it all figured out and that you were moving right along and then all of a sudden something just jumped up and changed the trajectory of your life, something that wasn't very pleasant at the time? What if I told you there was a solution to that problem? What if I told you there was an answer, there was a way that you and I, that we could figure that out, that we could live our lives in such a way that there was no guessing, there was no, there was no um, bumping into things, that there, there is a way for us to figure life out and move forward in a way that is good and healthy and pleasing and where we don't have to bump into things. Wouldn't you guys want to utilize that tool to your benefit? Well, the Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 119, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, um, and in, in verse 105 of that chapter, this is he, it's David, and he's writing, and he's, he's thanking God over and over for his word, the Bible, the scriptures. And he says in that 
oft-quoted passage. He says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Oh, that I could go back to that morning and had just been willing to open my eyes or flip on the light or whatever, I would have saved that tiny little baby pinky toe from all of that pain and heartache. Oh, if we would just consider the word of God in our lives, we could save ourselves so much pain and heartache and struggle. We wouldn't bump into some of the things that have some of the mess ups that we have because it's a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. But here's the thing about the Bible. In 2018, we have more access to the Bible than we've ever had. Um, chances are, especially here in the southeastern United States, you know, we're here in the in the Bible Belt, and and um, we we have we have all of these these printed copies of Bibles. Chances are, you have a few of them at home on your shelf. Maybe there's one in your car. Um, there might be one leveling out your coffee table or something. You've got all of these Bibles, and chances Chances are, if you're like me, you carry it in um, digital form in your pocket. We have all of this access to God's word, but yet we're still biblically illiterate. And here's the thing about the Bible is that we're, we're not going to get anything out of it unless we get into it. That's how the Bible works. We're not going to get anything out of it unless we get into it. And so... In, in 2 Timothy, we, we find this passage where Paul, he's writing um, to his protege, Timothy, who is an up-and-coming um, minister of the gospel. He is the leader of the church in Ephesus. And Paul, in one of his many letters that we find in the New Testament, he's writing some words of encouragement to Timothy. And a young man who's up and coming in his faith as the leader of this new church. Paul is encouraging him um, in a number of ways. And, and in one of those ways, he writes these words in 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. He says, Since you were a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, talking about the Bible, which are able to make you wise. Okay, like let's stop right there. Like, Does anyone want to be wise Anyone want to have wisdom in their life? I know that I do. And right off the bat, Paul says, the reason this book is so valuable is because it's able to make you wise. And he could have stopped there and it would have been awesome. But he doesn't. He adds to that. He goes on and he says, that wisdom leads to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. We have this idea that because of the words that are in this book, when we read them and we adopt them and we live them out in our life, it leads to salvation through Christ Jesus. And what that means is that this life is not all that there is. For those of us who have put our trust in Jesus Christ, we've been saved. We have committed our lives to him. We're, we're, we're living for him that, that after this life is over, that we don't have to face the penalty of hell for our sins. Instead, we get to go to heaven and live there with him forever and ever and ever. And he says that wisdom leads to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then he talks about scripture in general. He says all scripture. How much of it? All scripture is inspired by God. That means God 
told the people that wrote this book, he told them what to write. He put it inside of them, and then it came out of them through their quills and their, and their ink and, and on these pages, and it's been passed down from generation to generation, and the, the word of God is inspirational. How many of you right here at the beginning of a new year, you need a little bit of inspiration? We can go to God's word to be inspired. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching. That's why you guys show up every week. Because this book, it's useful for teaching. That's what's happening right now. And whenever we get into this book, we learn things that are useful. How many of you want to learn something new in 2018? You want to learn something that's useful, that, that you can do something with. The key is right here in this book. It's useful for teaching. It's useful for showing people what is wrong in their lives. How many of you have ever faced a situation in your life and you just you couldn't figure it out? Things weren't going the right way, but you couldn't figure out what it is. The Bible reveals those things to us. It shows us the areas of our life that are broken, that, that are messed up, that aren't working correctly. But it, it doesn't just do that. It goes a next step. And it's, the next step is not only is it useful for showing people what is wrong in their lives, it's useful for correcting faults. Not only will it show you the areas that are messed up, it'll show you how to fix those areas. It's useful for correcting faults. It's useful for teaching us how to live right. Everybody wants to, to live right. We want to we do the right things, even though we struggle against that. It's our sinful nature. We all have this desire inside of us to, to do right and to be right and to, to try to live right. And if you call yourself a believer, if you put your faith and trust in God, then you have this desire inside of you to live a life that is honorable and noble and pleasing and worthy of God. So beyond that, not only is it useful for pointing out what's wrong in our lives, for correcting faults, and for teaching how to live right, it says using the scriptures, the word of God, the Bible, the person who serves God will be capable having all that is needed to do every good work. You know, I want to do good in the world. I want the world to be a better place because I am in it. I want to do good. But it's not just enough for me to think about doing good in the world. I actually have to go out and take action. I have to do that good. And the Bible says not only will it point out the things that are good for you to do, but it will make you capable. And some translations say complete in order for you to be able to to do those things, that we're not just thinking about doing good, that we actually have the capabilities in order to do that stuff. In short, what Paul is saying to Timothy and what I'm trying to communicate to you guys this morning is that this book right here can and will make your life better. And I've never met anyone in my 36 years that didn't want their life to be better. It didn't matter where they fell on the spectrum, whether they were at the, the lowest of the low or the highest of the high. Every single person that I've ever come in contact with had a desire, a longing, a want to for their life to improve. The thing about it is, 
This book can improve our life, but we're not going to get anything out of it if we don't get into it. And so there's some reasons, really, why even though we have full and total access to this book over and over and over, everywhere we turn, that we can't get away from it, there's some reasons why, despite all of that access, that, that you and I, we, we probably don't give the Bible, and, and particularly reading the Bible, um, uh, the place that it needs or that it deserves in our life. And the first one of those, um, very simply, is... You know, a lot, I hear a lot of people say all the time, I, I just don't like to read. Anybody like that? I just don't like to read. You know, a lot of people say that. I don't like to read. And the cool thing is, is that here in 2018, you don't have to read in order to get the Bible. Like, it's much easier than it was even in years past. Like, right now, if you have a smartphone, there's an app called the Version app. If you're not using it, I would encourage you to download that. It's put out by... Um, one of the largest churches in America, Life Church. Craig Groeschel is the pastor. They spearheaded this effort. It's gotten the Bible into um, so many different languages and translations and, and really helped to spread the word of God all over the world. And many of their translations, all you have to do is pull up that app and you hit the play button and a voiceover actor reads the word of God to you. So those people that don't like to read, you have zero excuses anymore. That's not going to fly here. So you don't like to read. Another thing that we say about the Bible is that it's boring. The Bible is boring. How many of you have ever started reading God's word like as a New Year's resolution and you get somewhere along, like you make it through Genesis and then you trudge through Exodus and then you get to Leviticus. <laughs> and you're like, well, there goes that resolution. Or some of you, maybe like the really, really holy people, like you make it through Leviticus and on through, but then you get to Chronicles. And you're like, well, I tried. You know, the Bible is boring. But I got to be honest, there's a little bit of something for everyone in the Bible. Like maybe you're a sports fanatic. The Bible says that Moses served in Pharaoh's court. Y'all get that on the drive home. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're like a car guy. The Bible talks about the disciples showing up in one accord. Yes, these are terrible jokes. I promise I won't tell anymore. But here's the thing about the Bible. like there's, It's chock full of stuff. It was written to appeal to a broad audience. There's action and adventure and, and romance and mystery and intrigue and suspense. And there's history and poetry and law and politics and all kinds of stuff. Like Just open it up and get into it and find the thing that speaks to you and your personality and your drive and the things that you're interested in. God puts something in there for you. The Bible doesn't have to be boring. The Bible doesn't have to be boring. It's all about our perspective and, and how we view it and how we, how we look at it. So we don't like to read. It's boring. The third kind of thing that I want to debunk this morning is a lot of people, they say, well, I don't read the Bible because I get it at church. I get it at church. And, and I've heard a lot of Christians, you know, regular church attenders say, I don't bother with reading the Bible during the week. 
Because, I mean, I get it every Sunday. Like, why do I need it? Like, let's imagine that you only ate breakfast on Sunday morning, and that was the only meal you had all week. And, like, you might be able to do that, you know, for a little bit and make it. But let's talk about, like, long term. Like, if you do that over the course of a year, like, at the end of the year, what's your physical health going to be like? If you just eat breakfast on Sunday morning and that's it. We could imagine, like, we wouldn't be very physically healthy at all. Like, we would be malnourished and we would have all kinds of health problems and issues and everything. And think about that in terms of our spiritual health. If the only time we're getting the Bible is just one hour on Sunday morning, like, what is that doing to our spiritual health? And some of us, we've been doing that not just for like a year. We've been doing that for years and years and years and years. Like imagine the the attrition that is going on in our spiritual health, our spiritual bodies. So look, like this is just the jump start to your week. Like this is just to get you going for your week. But you need to be carrying that out every single day and develop Um, a Bible reading habit and plan and and keep that as part of your everyday routine the same way that you eat. Um, Eric Epley just sent me a text this morning. Uh, It was was a quote um, from a guy that said, uh, if if you eat three meals a day, you'll be fed. But if you you read three times a day, you'll be wise. There's something to that. There's something to that. Like if, if we began to read the Bible, like it's going to, it's going to nourish us spiritually and it'll change our, it'll change our spiritual life. So we don't like to read, it's boring. We get it at church. A lot of people they say this, they say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to read the Bible. Here's the thing: you're not too busy. Just as, as straightforward as I can put it. The things that you value, you make time for. If it's important to you, you'll find time to do it. Okay? If that Netflix show is important, you'll watch it. Okay? If, if the Jaguars being in the playoffs for the first time in 10 years is a big deal to you, you're going to be sure that you're at home on the couch or at a sports bar or whatever at 1 o'clock today, eyes glued to the TV. You're going to make time for the things that are important to you. We're going we're gonna to find time to do that. And, and when you read the Bible, you don't have to read like a whole chapter or anything or like a whole book in one sitting. Like start with the verse of the day. The app that I mentioned earlier, the Bible app, the YouVersion app, every day it generates a verse for you to focus on and meditate on every day. It literally takes you 15 seconds to read the verse. We can all find a spare 15 seconds. If you can't, you have much bigger issues going on than the fact that you're not you know, just reading the Bible. Every day. This is God's love letter. It's his gift to us. And there's there's a pastor in New York City. His name is Nelson Searcy. I followed him for a long time, read a bunch of his books and everything. This is what he said about gifts. He said, what you do with a gift you've been given speaks volumes about your appreciation. I'm just going to let that sink in. What you do with a gift you've been given speaks volumes about your appreciation. So, so the way that you're utilizing this gift that God has given you, what does that say about your appreciation for it? 
Just think about that. You're too busy. Hmm. Number five, fifth reason we don't read the Bible. And this is particularly true in a lot of, in a lot of non-believers, a lot of, lot of non-Christians. Maybe you're here today and, and um, you're not really sure about all this church stuff. Um, you've, you've never uh, entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're just kind of testing the waters or, or whatever. You're not even sure about this, this Bible or anything. Maybe you've said something like this. Um, it isn't relevant to me or it, uh, it, it doesn't add value to my life. It's not relatable to where I am in my life. Maybe you feel that way about the Bible. Here's, here's what I would do. I, w- I would challenge you to take this book. Yes, I, it is a lot of it is, is hundreds and thousands of years old or whatever, um, and, and you might not feel like it's relatable. And, and a lot of people, they look at the, the, um, the fact that this is an ancient text, and they write it off right then. What could an ancient text speak to me, and, and how could it make an impact in, in my life here in the modern world? Just take some of the principles of, of, of this book and, and put it into practice, maybe like in your marriage or in your finances, or in your parenting, or in your business practices, or the way that you serve other people, or your generosity. Just, just take a few of them, and like for a month, just put those things into practice, and put it to the test, and see if things are better at the end of it. Like, what could it hurt, right? I mean, it, it can't get, it's not going to get worse. So, like, put it to the test, and, and just see what happens. I think that you would be pleasantly surprised. And I think that you would discover that the Bible, it actually does speak to us, even though it's a very ancient text, it does still speak to us where we live today. And the principles and the guidelines and the things that are contained in it it can help us to live a better, more fruitful and productive life. Even if you're not all about the Jesus thing, like there's leadership gold in here. There's business practice gold in here. There's financial gold in here. Dig into it. And I guarantee it's going to make a difference for the better in your life. And then here's the last thing, uh, um, a big reason that a lot of people don't read the Bible. And, and this, is, this is even a lot of our Christian uh, community, a lot of, a lot of people that, that attend church regularly and that it's, it's a big part of their life. People, I hear people all the time that they say something to, to the effect of this. They say, when I read the Bible, I don't understand it. When I read the Bible, I don't understand it. So I want to try to attack that today. And I've, I've provided everyone with a very simple tool right here to be able to make this happen. Um, you know, here at the beginning of the new year, everybody, you've got a bar of soap on your, uh, on your seat. Go ahead and pull that out. You probably noticed it. You probably thought, man, this is weird. Well, I got to be honest. Um, we've noticed um, some things about some of you. And we didn't want to single anyone out because, you know, that'd be wrong. And, you know, we wanted to try to make everyone comfortable. So we, we've given you all a bar of soap here at the beginning of the year um, so that maybe you can initiate some new practice into your life. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Soap. Um, let's look at the word soap. S-O-A-P, soap. When we read the Bible, a lot of us, we say we, we read the Bible, but we don't understand it. Well, soap can help us understand the Bible. Number one, when we think of soap, we think of something that hopefully we use every single day. 
All right. So this is something that is a part of our daily life. And so I wanted to give you something that you could take and like stick it in your purse or your pocket or put it somewhere you're going to see it. And it's just going to remind you of how you can get more out of the Bible, how you can begin to understand the Bible in a greater way. All right. So SOAP, S-O-A-P, the S stands for scripture. All right, and so maybe, um, maybe some of you, you like to journal or um, you do like digital note-taking on your phone or on a, on a tablet or whatever. Like this would be a great way to um, in, incorporate that into your daily journaling or, or maybe you've never tried a journal before. You could, you could incorporate this and, and, and get some really good out of it. But whether you journal or not, this is still a really great way to look at the scripture that you read every day. So scripture, that's simply talking about book, chapter, verse, all right, the passage that you're reading for the day, all right? And um, if you're writing it down, you would put an S um, in the margin of the page, and then you would actually, I know, like, like old-fashioned, like with a pen, like write the verse down. I know, crazy. Some of you are like, what's a pen? Um, <laughs> You know, you would write down the scripture. And then, so O is observation, observation. So when we observe the scripture, the the O for observation, we're just asking the question, God, what are you trying to tell me through this verse or through this passage? What are you trying to speak to my heart about through your word today? And then you're writing that down, like maybe God, he's nudging you in a particular area, something that you've been dealing with. I would encourage you to write that down because when we write it down, we can, we can remember it, we can go back, we can look at the things over the course of days and weeks and months and years that God has, has spoken to us. Um, so we're, uh, we're making observations on what God is communicating to us through his word. And then the A, after scripture and observation, the A is application, application. Not only are we saying, God, what are you trying to communicate to me through your word, but how can I utilize this? How can I employ this or implement this in my life and live it out? How can I do this thing that you're calling me to do or that you're challenging me to do through your word? And then finally, after scripture, observation, application, we get to the P, and that's very simply, that's prayer. That's after you've read the Bible and after you've observed what God's trying to communicate to you, after you, you've, you've seen an area of your life that you can apply it, then you're just saying, God, help me to do this. Help me to make this a part of my life. Help me to take action on this in my life. And I guarantee if you guys start using your soap every day, it'll make a difference. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Here's the thing. We remember about 10% of everything that we read. We remember about 10% of everything that we read. That means that um, 90% of what we just read in God's word is going away out there in the ether somewhere. When we write down the things that we read, that jumps up to about 65 or 70% that, we, that we, re, we can remember. When we write down the things that we have read, it jumps up, our, our memory holds on to about 70, 65, 70% of that. When we, when we read something and we write it down and then we do it, we take action on it, it jumps all the way up to 90% retention. Think of the impact that this could have if we didn't just read it, but we wrote down the things that God was challenging us, and then we started doing those things in our life. How could that set us up for a better 2018? 
Let's fast forward. Let's, 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 let's leave 2018 in the dust. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's just the first Sunday. Like, let's not, let's not get too crazy. But let's fast forward all the way to January 7th, 2019. All right, one year from now. If you're the average person in that year, you're going to spend roughly 121 days sleeping. If you added all the time together, that's what it would add up to, about 121, one-third of the year you're going to spend it sleeping. Twelve hours of the year, hopefully, you're going to spend brushing your teeth. Hopefully. <laughs> Twelve hours brushing your teeth. The average person will spend in one year 1.8 days sitting in traffic. Unless 200 is part of your regular commute, and then it's like 10.8 days <laughs> sitting in traffic. 86.6 um, of those days, if you smushed all the time together, 86.6 of those days you would spend working. 86.6 days working. 30.4 days, more than a month, the average person will spend on social media in one year. Man, that's sobering. That is, that is, that's a gut punch right there. The average person will walk 730 miles in a year. And that's not, that's not like trying to. That's just like, you know, around the house, like, you know, to and from, like to the refrigerator and back, like that sort of thing. The average person will speak 5,840,000 words. Unless you're a teenage girl, then you speak 10,840,000 words. Um, in a year, the average person will spend 15.2 days eating and drinking, just consuming meals. The average person in a year will spend approximately six months consuming forms of media. And out of that six months, 45.6 days, a month and a half, will be spent watching television. So my question is, like, if, if that's the year to come for the average person, some of you are above average, some of you are below average. I'm not pointing any fingers. But the average person, if that's the year that's to come, who do you want to be a year from now? Like if we were to fast forward to January 7th, 2019, and you could choose, this is where I want to be then, what would that look like? Who do you want to be a year from now? Would, would you want to be a person that has gained a greater wisdom over the course of the year? Would you want to be some, someone who's you've learned something new and useful over the course of that year? Would, would, would you say that, that a year from now, I, I'd want to discover the things that are messing up my life and then figure out how to fix them? Is that the kind of person you want to be? Do, do you want to figure out in this next year, do you want to know how to live right? How to, how to live in a way that honors God more fully and put your faith and your trust in him more deeply? Do you want to be a person a year from now that other people would look at and say, that's someone who's capable? They can get it done. Do you want to be the kind of person a year from now who is doing good in the world? 
you're making a difference in the lives of those people around us. Maybe you can't do it for everybody, but you can do it for one person. You're doing some kind of good in the world around you. Do you, do you want to be that kind of person? Well, if you do, then what might happen if we gave the Bible the place that it deserves in the midst of all of those other things that are a part of our routine? You know, the brushing the teeth, the eating, the watching TV, the sitting in traffic, all of those other things. What if we gave the Bible its place of prominence in the midst of all of that? What might our lives look 365 days from now if we did that? If we made reading the Bible and engaging with God's gift, his love letter to us, if we made that a priority over this next year? How might that, in, in a year from now, how might that impact our marriages or our finances or, or our friendships or our ability to parent our children or our business practices and our jobs? How might those be different and changed for the better? If we really committed to get into God's word, is it possible that this ancient book holds the key to unlocking a better life for all of us. I think it's worth a shot to try to figure it out. And I believe that it does. I believe that it does. But here's the thing about the Bible that I want you to remember. If you, if you don't remember anything else today, just remember this. You're not going to get anything out of it unless you get into it. That's how it works. So maybe you're here today and you're like, look, I don't know, man, 365 days, that seems crazy. Like, I, you know, I've never, I've never been good at, like, finishing and following through and everything like that. Look, I'm going to let you off the hook. Let's just take January. Let's make a commitment together that, like, between now and the end of the month that we're going to say, God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I'm going to walk in this. I'm going to put this to the test and see if you're not going to do some good things in and through my life that you're not going to teach me and, and help me to figure out some things that I'm doing wrong and help me figure out some stuff that I need to fix and everything. Look, I believe that if you and I, if we'll make a commitment like just to the end of the month, that God's going to show up in a mighty way. And as we read our word, he's going to teach us. He's going to speak to us. He's going to communicate to us. And we get into his word, and we're going to figure out ways, to, things to do and, and, and keys to unlock that are, that are going to make our lives better. And then we'll get to the end of January, and we're going to say, man, that was so great. I'm going to keep doing it for February and March and April. And then 365 year, or days from now, we're going to be able to look back and say, man, what a difference the Bible made because there is power in routine. And if we'll make God's word and spending time with him a part of our routine, he's going to show up because when we get into this book, we'll get something out of it and it'll make a difference. Let me pray for you guys today. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning, Lord, to share your word with these incredible people. Lord, I, I, I thank you that you have sent this incredible gift to us, Lord, that we have this tool, this, this resource, Lord, that this love letter, your love letter to your people, Lord, that we have it and that we have access to it. God, help us to not take it for granted. 
God, help us to not overlook it and, and push it to the side. Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of us, Lord, that you would give us a passion, a desire to know you more deeply and to spend more time in your word. And God, as we do that, Lord, I pray that you would, that you would help us to, to discover some observations from your word of things that you're wanting to do in our life. Lord, that you would help us to apply those things in our life so that we can be better, um, better Christians, better, better followers of you, that we can do good in the world around us, Lord, and that as we implement these things through your word, Lord, that our lives would simply become better. Lord, we're putting our faith and our trust in you. Help us, God, when it gets tough and when, when, we, when, we, when we lose track and we lose sight, Father, Lord, help us to realign ourselves and, and, and get back on board, Lord, and continue to push forward And each and every day that we would take advantage of the fact that you have spoken to us through your word, Lord, that we would open it up and that we would receive the things that you have for us from it. God, help us to do better and to be better because of the word that you've given us. Because we know that unless we get into it, we won't get anything out of it. We thank you for this and for all your many blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.